Welcome to Women on the Line, a national women's current affairs program providing a gender analysis of contemporary issues from Australia and internationally. I'm Giselle Hanna. On today's program, we focus on the Marriage Equality Postal Survey and specifically the Yes campaign. Vote Yes! Well, normally I, I don't come out to rallies like this, but I thought at my age it's about bloody time to support marriage to give us a choice to be to feel that we belong totally in our communities we can't create a second-class citizens which is what we're doing in this manner I'm out here because I've been gay my whole life and it's been illegal to get married my whole life as a lesbian and I'm 24 years old I just want this to be over and done with and it's also a good excuse to see my community and have some strength in one another while we're being put through this whole plebiscite drama. I came out to make sure that the message gets through that love is love and it's equal. I'm here for my sister and my friends and family. Because I believe in marriage equality. Have you come out to a rally before? Oh yes, but not, but not one for um, marriage equality. This is the first time I've come out for that. I'm Margaret Maiman, I'm the minister at Pitt Street Uniting Church. Our church and a lot of other churches, um, the majority of Christians in Australia, support marriage equality, a change in civil law that will bring justice and love and happiness to so many people. And we think there's nothing to worry about and so much to bless. It's not worth adding if you have something to say And it's not worth smiling if you're feeling in pain And it's not worth adding if you think you might be gay or different in another way, you're perfect just the same. Those noises were a compilation from the Melbourne and Sydney Equal Marriage Demonstrations held in 2016 and 2017. In August 2017, Following an attempt by five Liberal Party MPs to change party policy and have a free vote in the Parliament on same-sex marriage legislation, the government announced it would move for a voluntary postal survey to be held during September and October this year. The campaign is on, and even though none of us wanted this, asking the whole of Australia their opinion about whether people are allowed to love each other, most of us have been forced into a position of defending same-sex love and fighting for a yes result. The yes campaign itself has expectedly been attacked by forces on the right. The ultra-right has attempted to organise straight lives matter rallies, crude and offensive posters have been popping up in the Melbourne CBD, and social media is a flurry with opinions about the unnaturalness of two people of the same sex being together and having families. But there are also some criticisms of the Yes campaign that come from the left. Questions about the lack of intersectionality of the campaign. Whether this fight is just about white queer people's rights and the possibility that other important social justice issues have been sidelined in the campaign. Despite the problems with the Yes campaign, we're still calling for people to vote and to vote yes, 
but it's important to air the left-wing criticisms of the Yes campaign. So to do this on today's program, I speak with Fatima Mawass, a young Muslim filmmaker from Western Sydney and now based in Melbourne, Australia. And later in the program, we hear from Will Strark, the campaign's industrial officer at Victoria Trades Hall Council and who's been spearheading much of the Yes campaign in this state. Here's Fatima. I think actually the Yes campaign's been a bit of a relief in some instances because it's just meant that the media has left Muslims alone for a little bit. There's not as much around terrorism and around ISIS and around the threat of terrorism in Australia because the media's too busy around the Yes campaign. Um, but on a more serious note, I think I think it's been interesting to see people's reactions to it. I'm definitely voting yes, but I, you know, the, my first reaction to it was this is not actually going to create any change if anything it's just going to further you know um, allow people in power to continue to oppress minorities and refugees because they can have some rainbow tick to be like we are voting yes or we are for um, you know same-sex marriage but the, these various campaigns don't need to be pitted against each other just because um, marriage equality is getting some traction. Why does that inherently mean that things like refugee issues or the Islamophobia experienced by many Muslims or Muslim-looking people in this country, um, why, is it so, why do you think it has to sideline those issues? I don't think it has to. I think it does. I think you're kidding yourself if you don't think that. I think... We're in the process of um, having almost all of the um, people on Nauru and Manus removed. The government has no idea where they're taking them. Um, Some of them are going to America, some aren't, but that's not the main headlines at the moment. Um, I think, you know, I think it's one thing that I've learnt uh, through you know be, trying to be an activist is you have to very much center indigenous voices and resistance and grassroots organizations in everything you do for it to have any form of intersectionality and nothing in the yes campaign is actually doing that except for so you know the queers on the fringe who have their politics the right way, but the mainstream push of the Yes campaign in no way centres the lives of queer, trans, indigenous folks. And I think no, you know, cause countless activists and, and writers have said and written that no real change or no real liberation or no real justice will come until we start to centre Indigenous resistance and sovereignty in everything we do. Do you do you think the focus on the um, the judgment against queer families is disproportionate to you know the clear judgments people have of Muslim families, also the discrimination against Aboriginal families as a justification for removing Aboriginal children from their homes? Yeah, look, I think that um, it's always really interesting to see all the different comments around how hard the Yes campaign has been for queer families and queer communities and how it's affecting 
um, people's mental health. And while there is no doubt about the statistics around people's, you know, the effect of the campaign or like how many young queer and trans people of colour or non-people of colour, um, you know, have suicide attempts or succeed at that as a result of homophobia and transphobia, I do always think, um, yeah, where are they when there's back-to-back article after article in Herald Scum about Muslims or where are they when Miss Dewey was 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 murdered where are they when when communities are being closed and this completely like has a physical financial repercussion on all of um you know large amounts of indigenous communities and 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 their land and their skin types where are they when you know Adani wants to come in and both the labor and the liberals vote to change native title to allow some multi-million dollar mining company to come in and and mine indigenous land that was actually recognized as not being terranalis by this white sort of government. You've talked about experiencing racism from the white queer community, particularly around this Yes campaign. Can you say more about that? Yeah, I guess um, just, you know, there's heaps of stuff that comes on Facebook um, and there's, you know, just heaps of conversations that you have with people. More recently, um, I had a friend post a image and it was actually a list and it was listing the countries that have allowed same-sex marriage and those that haven't. And on the yes, like have list was all these like Eastern European and, and Western countries and on the no was Australia listed on top and then underneath it were all these like Arab and African and and north african um countries and at the bottom of it it said the company you keep and and this was um because you know as a filmmaker i i i i made a film once with a white white man in it who was gay um and he's posted this and this was like i made this film with him maybe six not even maybe eight years ago um and I just wrote a comment on this being like, this is really racist. And the mutual friend of ours, who's also gay and white, but is a woman, agreed with me. But then I was flooded in my inbox with messages from this guy being like, you know, I am sick of constantly being attacked for my skin colour and my sexuality. And, you know, it's really nasty that you would do this. And like, you know, you were such a sweet young girl and... and all of these types of things like around how like I've completely changed who I was and how could I be treating him like this when he, I I know him and I he acted in my film and I welcomed him into my home and things like that. And I was just like, you are the perfect example because my, my girlfriend actually does training for um, white service providers in, in, in the health industry and she does a lot of work around intersectionality and I just screenshotted it and said, thank you for this content because she's actually looking for stuff for her next course and he just couldn't sort of comprehend one that what he that what he did was shit and two that it wasn't necessarily about him and what his intentions were but it's about the impact of what you have posted is or does i think what what is really sort of shitty for me because i'm a muslim woman and um you know faith is not 
something that is linear and it's not something that like you know goes in on a graph up from like the bottom corner to the top corner it's something that you constantly sort of like have to work on that you know it goes two steps back one step forward type thing um and just just so many things constantly being presented as like there is no way you can possibly have faith and be part of a yes campaign from both sides of the coin it's kind of just like Actually, you're all pretty narrow and 2D in your vision that um, you can't possibly see the intricacies or the complexities of like identity, sexuality, being, relationships, existence. Well, despite your criticisms of the Yes campaign, you are voting yes. Why is that? I'm voting yes because... I do think that people should have the right to marry if that's what they want. Um, and because, you know, I have queer Arab Muslim friends who want to get married and I really like being affected by this campaign and the potential of it being a no. Um, and because, you know, I think abstaining... Like, you know, I think ultimately it's a survey that, you know, whatever's going to happen, it might or might not influence an actual law, whatever the result of this is. So I feel like ab abstaining or voting yes, either way, doesn't really like, it's not going to cause some big change. It's not going to actually create, um, allow anything to actually grow or allow any sort of injustices to be brought. So I feel like, you know, I have people that I know that want to get married. I feel like um, it will kind of like make a little bit of a statement um, if Australia does end up coming up with a yes, you know, the majority of people voted yes. Any final words to people that might be thinking about abstaining, especially people that are abstaining from a left-wing position, so angry with the campaign, opposed to marriage, um, that kind of thing, what would you say to them? Yep, I think it's great that you're, you're abstaining because that's what you think you need to do. I hope you're doing a lot more than that. If you feel like just abstaining is going to be doing something big, um, you know, I hope you think deeply and do a lot of research and, you know, look internally around one like um you know the position of privilege that you hold and two what you're actually doing then to sort of create a some form of change for those that are most affected by this and that is indigenous trans queer people living in australia and on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Women on the Line. That was Fatima Mawass, a young Muslim filmmaker from Western Sydney and now based in Melbourne, Victoria. If you're in Melbourne and you've driven past Trades Hall, you will have noticed a gigantuan billboard on the face of the building blazoning a rainbow flag with bold yes letters across it. Trades Hall is obviously calling for a yes vote. Will Strzok is the campaign's industrial officer at Victoria Trades Hall Council 
and she's my next guest. So Victoria Trades Hall is at the forefront of the Marriage Equality Postal Survey Yes campaign. Why is that? Well, we say equality is union business. Um, We think uh, we endorsed marriage equality in 2010 and, you know, again in 2015. We say that as unions we fight to eliminate discrimination in workplaces, but that can't happen as long as there is discrimination in our laws, and that includes the laws that stop um, LGBTI people from getting married. Obviously, it's excellent that the union movement recognises that this is an issue that affects workers and is therefore union business. I wonder if you've received some backlash, though, for the union taking that position and and what you've said or done in response to that. Well, you know, unions are uh, people who hold sometimes different views about issues. Um, but from our perspective, all of the, the trade unions that affiliate with the Victorian Trades Hall Council back marriage equality, and that's made it easier for us to go out and campaign on this. Um, and then we've had some people, you know, on social media and others kind of put positions around this, but what we... opposing positions, but ultimately what we say is we're about equality and fairness and... Um, eliminating discrimination in our law and so that's why we kind of go out and campaign and we're not telling people how they how they should vote it's it's up to them to do what they want but we are not apologetic in saying ultimately we stand in solidarity with LGBTI comrades. Lots of union activists agree that social justice issues are union business for all the reasons that you've talked about, basically a broader struggle against discrimination. But one of the criticisms is that the union movement, Trades Hall, isn't as eager in taking up other class-based social justice issues, things like refugee rights, Aboriginal rights, participating in the anti-war movement. How do you respond to that feedback? Well... I'd say I don't accept the premise of the question. Um, We are very strong on a whole range of social justice issues. Um, I suppose the the primary thing for us is that uh, we stand in solidarity. So we don't direct campaigns. We don't... um, There are organisations that exist and they stand uh, and fight for um, an end to mandatory detention. Um, and we agree with that, and we will stand in solidarity with those organisations. Um, we always have. We will rally. We provide logistical support. We provide financial support to all of those organisations that campaign in that space. There's the First Nations Worker Alliance, um, which is aiming to end CDP. We're active in that space. Um, we've been active on social justice issues, really, I mean for a very long time. The first plebiscite was a, an end to uh, anti-conscription in the First World War 100 years ago. So we've been really strong in those spaces. Um, in this case, one of the reasons why we're actively campaigning is because the one thing that we can bring in this kind of scenario where there's a vote is we know how to campaign out on the ground and, and do these kinds of things. So in this case, we've been galvanised into action really by an external um, political process that means that the thing that the union movement can do is actively run those kinds of campaigns and support people in running those kinds of campaigns. But we are active in all of those other spaces. 
And again, I mean, you referred to this being an external process that we've more or less been pushed in a position to have to respond to. And that's the issue yep. of marriage and whether the the institution of marriage should be extended to those in same-sex relationships. I, inside of that, given that we've been pushed into a position where we have to respond, where does that feminist analysis that marriage as an institution is oppressive to women? How do do we as a labour movement hold, I guess, the totality of oppression whilst necessarily having to fight against um, this particular discriminatory way of holding this institution? I suppose I'd say that um, if marriage equality uh, happens, when marriage equality happens, really, for me, that symbolises... Uh, the change in the nature of the institution of marriage that's happened over the course of time. That would then reflect the fact that um, marriage isn't the specifically the, the, the kind of oppressive institution against women. The, the other thing I would say is we've been doing a lot of work in the space of gendered violence in the workplace and gendered violence um, in society. And gendered violence is violence are perpetrated against women because they are women, but it's also perpetrated against people who don't satisfy gender stereotypes. And that includes uh, members of the LGBTI community. And I guess what I'd say is if we are fighting to eliminate gendered violence, then that's also a fight uh, more broadly uh, to... uh, for the progress of women in society and it's also a fight to progress LGBTI, the rights of LGBTI people to combat that kind of gendered violence. And so anything that does that, that eliminates those barriers and that actually works actively against the notion of gender stereotyping is a good thing. And I actually think marriage equality does that. Well... For a bunch of reasons, many of our allies and comrades, many left-wing good activists, parts of our community, etc., are choosing to boycott the postal survey. What would you say to that cohort of comrades particularly? Um, yeah, I struggled with this, and I, I would start by saying I understand it because it's a bullshit process. And so I grappled with, you know, where did I stand on this? What was I going to do? What I got to in the end was that um, participation in this uh, process delivers a message. It's not just posting back a survey, but it's actually also sending a message. And it's not a message to the government, because I really don't... That's less important to me. But for me, it's a message to particularly our young LGBTI community, because if this is tight or, you know... God forbid, if if the no side succeeds, I couldn't in in my own heart think that I would wake up the day after and, um, you know, I can say, oh, it's a principle and it's a boycott and I don't like the process, etc. But like it or not, I I think that young LGBTI people are going to see this as a reflection of how Australia sees them, sees their value and and, and they're in, how included they are in our community. And I just couldn't wake up the day after the survey results are done and say, oh, I chose not to participate in circumstances where the message that gets delivered to them is one that they are not 
welcomed, that they are not included and that they are alone in this process, that the majority of Australians don't stand with them. So that's what I got to. That's where I have come in this place. But I understand people who say, oh, look, it's bullshit and I find it really difficult to participate because, you know, that that the... I guess I'd also come to that and say, in the end, the, the blame for that lives squarely. We know where the blame for that lives, so let's direct our anger at that. I still think for myself I came to, I needed to participate. Well, in relation to the postal survey, there are some critical dates coming up. Let's go through those. All right, so um, if you have not yet received your survey, you should contact the ABS because everyone should have received it by now. You can do that online or you can ring them, but there is a relatively easy online process for um, applying for a, uh, a survey to be sent to you. You have until the 20th of October to apply for a replacement survey and thereafter you can't, so you should get onto that now. Um, and then your survey, your response has to be received by the 7th of November. So we're suggesting to people that you should really get it in the post by kind of around the 26th of October just to make absolutely sure that your survey response is received on time. And then, so it has to be in there by the 7th of November and then they will announce the result um, of the survey on the 15th of November. And finally, if people wanted to get involved in campaigning for the yes vote, how can they do that? So you can sign up at Trades Hall. So that's um, at www.weareunion.org.au forward slash equality. And you can see all of the upcoming activities that we have there. Um, And also you can sign up to volunteer. But, I mean, you can actually see the kinds of things that we are doing and decide what it is that you might want to do there. And then um, if you're not in Victoria, uh, you can sign up at yes.org.au. And if you go to that site, you can also see a whole range of things that might be happening in your local area. And you can either um, just sign up to RSVP to something that interests you there um, or you can just sign on as a volunteer there as well. Will, thanks so much for your time today. Was there anything you wanted to add to the discussion? Look, I think we would all agree that we're not happy about being forced into this situation. Um, This is a bullshit process. None of us like it. It's been incredibly difficult to work on the campaign, but in the end, for me, the most important thing is that we deliver a really good result in the end. Will Strach and before her, Fatima Mawass, both speaking about the Yes campaign in the Marriage Equality Postal Survey that is on now. Go to the ABS website if you haven't received your ballot yet. The website address is abs.gov.au. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Women on the Line. Women on the Line is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at womenontheline at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au.
Go to the Women on the Line page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.